Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros podcast. Welcome, welcome. Uh I'm joined again by Big Brother all the way across India. Hello sir, how are you? Hello sir, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Now, um, I'm good as well. In this in this episode, we're going to discuss the all the action from the last uh, game week. We're going to discuss the Champions League that's coming, and we're going to throw in some predictions for the next game week. Now, to uh, begin everything, let me throw a question right at you, brother. Being an Arsenal fan, why are Arsenal players headbutting other people? What's going on here? Well, when your <laughs> when your defenders are as thick-headed as they play. I guess that's all they can do. Well, in case our listeners haven't heard the news, Raul Jimenez against uh, Arsenal uh, had a clash of heads with uh, David Luiz, and there was an audible crack. And mind you, these microphones are like quite some distance away, and these uh, these mics picked up this crack. Right, you can hear it in the in the replays. It's a sickening uh, kind of a sound. And uh, later on, we found out that Jimenez has in fact scra- fractured his skull. he has had surgery after that and he says he's recovering well but god knows how long he's going to be off because i've got no experience with this kind of an injury i've never seen anybody else have this kind of an injury fractured skull i mean do you have do you recall any injury like this before well the last uh, injury that happened was uh, also to an arsenal player although the injury happened to him while he was playing at chelsea and we are talking about petr cech Oh. who of course had to play with a protective helmet for the rest of his playing career now we know that himenes being a striker i don't suppose he can play with a helmet because uh, he would be coming for the ball proactively uh in cech's case i think the protective helmet was not so much for the ball and other players as it was to safeguard him against you know an accidental dive that takes him to the posts mm-hmm. So one can hope and pray that Jimenez is back in action very very soon but a uh, surgery on a fractured skull mm-hmm. cannot be taken lightly so i suppose his season is over and uh, i'll be very surprised to see him play any part in world season yeah definitely a big big miss uh, for wolves i mean they were really uh, showing resurgence of form lately but Well, they're definitely going to miss uh, miss uh, Jimenez. Now let's get back to the game week. We started on Friday. I mean, uh, Crystal Palace again uh, seem to be in some kind of a free fall. I mean, after completely destroying United, they seem to be pretty much all over the place against Newcastle and that man Callum Wilson again uh, with getting a goal and assist. I think, uh, yep, goal and assist in the in the dying minutes of the game. Now the main talking point of this uh, on Saturday, let's say, was the. Brighton Liverpool game where uh, another VAR incident and uh, Jurgen Klopp was visibly upset he was very vocal about what happened uh where, where do we stand on VAR i mean people are people were calling for it but now that it's here people are they don't like it jack grealish went on record and said it's ruining the game james milner said it's uh, the players are falling out of love with football what's going on here like do we need it do we not need it it's like people are always complaining I say we need it. Uh I think uh, the rules around its application should be made clearer. You know, you see video replays uh in rugby all the time mm-hmm. for instance. And uh, you know, that sport is just sort of run with it. I don't see a reason why football can't do it if sports like rugby and cricket can if you know, you can have uh, replays even in tennis. 
Mm-hmm. If you remember tennis used to be completely manually adjusted and then line replays came in. So if it can happen with sports I mean this technology is supposed to remove uh, the element of luck. And that's what it's doing. Now people can howl about marginal offsides and you know toe by an inch and elbow by a quarter. But the fact is that if that's the rule that's the rule. You know and we've discussed this in an episode in the past. and i'm sure that uh, none of the big six teams can complain even in fact uh, just sheer law of averages states that if you get more points you stand to lose more points to bad refereeing decisions yep. teams that get fewer points cannot argue that refereeing decisions were bad against them throughout the season but the teams that actually get points can point fingers and say they lost two points here a point here etc etc So the big clubs moaning against VAR is just stupid in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I think this is one of those things that's going to need a bit of fine tuning. I mean VAR is what I don't know a season old and I think it's uh, it's going to get better with time. And uh, these are things which are eventually going to become talking points, you know, how uh, decisions went one way or the other because right now we're seeing handballs which are given and similar incidents are not given. so there needs to be maybe a, a central governing body i don't know uh, that's something to uh, for the fa and the other uefa and fifa to look into i don't know well brighton of course got a last uh, minute penalty in extra time and pascal gross scored and this was after neil mope missed the penalty now of course mope scored against united as all players do i don't know what's that's about anyway moving on to uh, business as usual with city versus burnley i mean everyone saw this coming a demolition 5-0 Burnley all over the place and City finally getting their act together. They were talking points about City getting fewer goals. There were statistics where in the season City have registered fewer goals since Pep took over, I don't know, 4 or 5 years ago. Their chances are less, their shots on target are less. Uh their uh, pretty much everything is uh, below par, but uh, 5-0 uh, against Burnley, I mean, a pretty solid performance there. Yeah, pretty solid. Riyad Mahrez has come good uh, in the absence of uh, you know the striker duo not coming good for a long while now. But uh, you know a common thread uh, for teams like Crystal Palace uh, to some extent, Everton, uh, you know Leicester is that you know they play they can play well in sports. So they played well for let's say the first five or six matches. But to make a full title tilt. you need you know consistency now crystal palace like you mentioned they've lost a few everton have completely fallen off the boil i don't even suppose they're in the top 4 anymore no they're not uh, yeah so that's that's pretty much it you know so remember all that talk about everton being potential title challengers etc sounds very laughable now right yeah. that's what happens these the teams that thrive on momentum get some points together and essentially they're mid table sides now much as i hate to admit it i would put uh, arsenal wolves manchester united southampton leicester city all as mid table sides hey. these are all sides that are not going <laughs> to challenge for the top 4 unless mm-hmm. something majorly shifts between now and february well that major shift could be a certain edinson cavani in k in our case who came off the bench scored two goals and provided the assist now that is amazing we're talking about a high impact player the man came at half time he couldn't get his boots in order that was the whole thing and then he got into some uh, post match controversy there against uh, something that he shared on instagram we're not going to talk about that but uh, edinson cavani i mean finally uh, getting off the mark and making his presence felt at united what an impact 
what an impact indeed and uh, everybody sort of laughed at him and said he was a panic buy so of course he has something to prove see this is a man who's played at the top top level all right for a long time and at at one point this guy was considered one of the most lethal strikers in the game mm-hmm. just because you know at psg yeah it's the french league it's a bit part league he plays for psg who win every game anyway and they haven't come good in the champions league this guy has been forgotten a bit so united is his opportunity for a swan song mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to go into the books and say this guy wasn't just a one trick pony he wasn't just playing in a big team in a small league he can he could have done it at the top top level now uruguay had a tilt at the world cup uh, when these two were playing well in tandem mm-hmm. and unfortunately it didn't happen for him then and there and now stuani has replaced him Mm-hmm. and i don't know if he is for choice anymore so a tilt with united could really be you know his legacy for all you know much like robin van persie that one magical season that you have and that becomes your legacy in a league that you know you otherwise wouldn't have played in so you're right a player a talisman like cavani could be the difference between man united being a mid table side and a top four side I don't see them challenging for the title mm-hmm. because to go two goals down away at St Mary's I mean no no title challenger would do it especially when the challengers are the strong Well to come to United's defense I mean uh, they have been poor defensively I mean uh, I mean that's not a defense against United again really the goals that were conceded was a great corner by Watt Prowse and then that free kick which is so good De Gea banged his knee against the post it was that good but again questions to be asked about uh de Gea's uh, positioning because gone are the days when you place a ball and the keeper stands on the far corner now if you notice keepers are standing more central when free kicks are far taken and they're slightly off the line right and this is a similar goal to what uh, de Gea conceded against uh, Besiktas here at Old Trafford the last uh, i think it was Wednesday Tuesday similar free kick similar angle and de Gea was again uh, caught off the line and he clawed the ball back from behind the line and in this case he was uh, unfortunate to you know bang his knee and get really uh, bottled up uh, well De- dean henderson getting a nod ahead of him just a few more points uh, again for kavani this is the point which was brought up in the post match uh, presentation on tv which uh, said we talked about the movement of kavani there was a point where the united had a corner the ball was cleared off came off to bruno fernandes and bruno fernandes just thwacked it inside the box hoping for a deflection or somebody now at that moment rightly pointed out by michael owen every other united player was standing still just waiting to see what happens but cavani made a run across the defensive area he was in the perfect position for the ball to come to him quick header down diving header down against uh, you know the, the keeper and he got the equalizer the movement is there and rightly said uh, michael owen said this that uh, strikers like uh, marcus rashford and mason greenwood can learn a lot from uh, guys like cavani good point there and uh, you know we've spoken about united of course they need to get a couple of wins cavani may be the guy to lead the line you know especially for away games maybe when they want to mix it up a little southampton are a big physical side uh, and you know having got the two goals in the first half they would have fancied themselves against yeah. a doubting uh, united side but cavani you know delivered the goods i'm mighty surprised uh, i'm one of those people who are skeptical about his signing but you know if he can do this for let's say 
even three more times a season, you've got your uh, fees worth. Because ultimately, what are you hoping for? You're hoping for 10 or 15 additional goals or maybe 10 goals and four or five assists. And if a guy who comes in on a free transfer can give that to you, you'd happily part with the 8-10 million that uh, you know you pay for his wages. So, United, uh, interesting times for United. Uh, Chelsea and Tottenham, you know, in my books, uh, 10 matches in, I believe Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool mm-hmm. and City, if they get a couple of wins uh, under their belts, these four are the guys who are going to be fighting for the title. Mm-hmm. Now, Mourinho has cleverly gone on and painted Tottenham as the little pony yeah. in a horse race. Uh, that's not the case. That is classic Mourinho downplaying his chances. Uh, we know that uh, the Tottenham squad is one of the strongest. And uh, they didn't let Chelsea boss them around. They gave it as good as it uh, as, the, as good as they got. And it was a match of uh, fewer chances. Uh, you know, Chelsea bossed the possession really. But Tottenham, you know, we, we know they like to play on the break. And, you know, uh, it's surprising that it finished nil all. But essentially, two teams cancelled each other out. And that's what Mourinho is good at doing. He'll go to Stamford Bridge. He'll go to Anfield. He'll shut shop. He'll take the point. And then he'll beat them on the counter at uh, White Hart Lane or whatever their ground is called now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you'll be surprised if Tottenham are not in the mix. I think this game was, uh, in in my opinion, it was very calculated. I mean, both teams really, you know, being cautious about it. I mean, uh, I think neither of them really went for it, to be honest. I mean, they they both uh, felt that the other team had the pace to hit them on the counter. And I think they pretty much held their horses back. I mean, the fact that uh, Gareth Bale didn't even feature in this uh, this match and very defensive uh, subs made by Mourinho, to be honest. I don't think he really went for it. Or neither did Frank Lampard. I mean, playing at home, you expect him to at least uh, go for it and play against the big, uh, the big boys. But uh, I mean, both. I, I, it was a rather, you know, it was a rather midfield kind of an affair with not a not a lot of chances. And might I add one thing? Chelsea have really boosted their uh, defensive capabilities with the with the signing of Mendy, their keeper. He's a proper keeper. I mean, gone are the days of. Uh, you know, you don't know what you get from uh, Kepa. You know, he could just he would be a, a match winner or he will lose the match for you. You know, he's... I, I really don't know. But with, with Mendy, they've brought in a very good defensive reinforcement. And might I add, as a goalkeeper, those, the standards of goalkeeping in the Premier League this season have been rather outstanding. I mean, talk about Martinez. Talk about uh, the way McCarthy played against, uh, against United. Talk about Mendy. I mean, De Gea has had a dip in form, but... A lot of keepers are now stepping up with pulling off some insane saves. Their positioning is a lot better. They are playing as, uh, you know, they play from the back. They're good with their feet. They can distribute well. And immediately, as soon as they get the ball, they look for a quick pass. Gone are the days where they hold on to the ball for hours and hours. I think the standards are quite, uh, you know, the, the, the focus has shifted. And a lot of teams insisting on playing from the back now. That's a good point about the keepers. I think it's a sign of the modern game that keepers are playing with their feet and not just expected to be shot stoppers. Speaking of keepers, I mean, Leno has kept Arsenal in uh, matches where they've been shot shy for a lot of long, long durations of the match. Mm -hmm. But against two opportunistic strikes uh, by Wolves, even, I mean, he was he was not to blame for either of two. I mean, maybe in the second goal, he could have done a little better, but that's just nitpicking. The ball swerved and dipped and it hit him in the midriff and knees. And, of course, it was pounced upon in, on the rebound. 
But I want to talk about Arsenal a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a team that started very well and it's uh, the wheels have come off really. Uh, we have the fewest points at this stage in the season since 1981. Mm-hmm. And this is a stat that didn't even come about when Una Emery was in charge. So clearly there are major things wrong. We've got 14 points from 10 games, which is atrocious. Actually, 13 points from 10 games. Mm-hmm. And uh, we seem to have you know, lost the ability to create. And that is something that you do not expect of an Arsenal team. Mm-hmm. Even the Arsenal team that had gems such as Skilachi at the back and Chamak <laughs> in the front was never short shy. Uh-huh. Yes, there were periods where they would pass around the ball you know, side to side. But... There's always somebody to conjure up a chance or a shot on target. Right now, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has the fewest shots. Fewest shots. Mm-hmm. Leave alone on target. Out of any striker in the Premier League. Wow. And this is a guy who was joint winner of the Golden Boot two seasons ago and one goal shy of the Golden Boot last season. That is remarkable. What is going on? Now, people are picking him apart. They're saying he stopped running as much and stopped you know, making as many tackles and they're quoting Opta stats, etc. But for anybody who watches Arsenal, it is painfully obvious that chances are not being created. Mm -hmm. And that's the sad truth. In honesty, as an Arsenal fan, I didn't even stay up to watch the Wolves game. Wow, okay. Well, I only watched the replay and even when I watched the replay, I was like, yeah, what's what's surprising on Neobathis? The scoreline did not surprise me. Mm -hmm. Even though it was at home, even though we've lost the third successive game at home. And, you know, I I just don't know what to expect of this team or, honestly, whether I care that much anymore. Well, Wolves, despite losing Jimenez in the opening minutes of the game, really, I think it was minute six where they lost uh, Jimenez to that injury. Uh, Wolves coming up with all three points at the Emirates. A very surprising result and, uh, you know, job well done to Wolves. Now, another team which surprised us was Fulham. Taking on Leicester at the King Power and coming up with all three points. Adamana, what is his name? Is his Adama Lukman? Yeah, what? and he has a point to prove. Uh, Adamola Lukman. Okay, my bad. What a guy! And he's he's the first goal he took was proper, and then they got that uh, penalty. And Leicester were pretty much not in it. And uh, Barnes gave them a, a glimmer in like the 86th minute. And uh, I mean, playing with a full strength squad with Wadi up front and. I'm looking at Madison, uh, obviously Tillemans is in the lineup, James Justin, pretty much everybody, but uh, just Leicester not good enough. I mean, it's just like no team is, there's no consistency at the moment with any team. I mean, Liverpool dropped points, City are off to a worst, the, their worst start under Pep. I mean, United are not firing, Arsenal are still in the bottom half of the table. Chelsea have shown signs of uh, improvement, but uh, then again, they're not like world beaters yet. We saw Everton, you know, start running away, but even their form has dropped. Spurs, to be honest, they've been unlucky in the beginning, but now they're kind of getting their momentum together. I mean, it's it's close. It's a close call right now. I remember last season, by this stage, Liverpool were just running away with it. That is correct. And, you know, uh, tells you how different a proposition it is to sit back, absorb pressure and play on the counter. Vis-a-vis you having to, you know, grab the opportunity and go out and... Uh, score actually Mm -hmm. and that is where Leicester got found out in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it reminds me of this World Cup we watched brother Mm -hmm. 
and i'll tell you this is a jog back memory lane um this is world cup 2006 and we were watching a team called trinidad and tobago okay trinidad and tobago held sweden to a nil all draw mm-hmm. okay and then they lost the second game to england 2 nil and england i if i remember correctly had to wait till the 70 something minute to get their first goal and uh trinidad and tobago had to beat paraguay mm-hmm. to go through okay so it was all very well for them until they sat i mean when they had to sit back and absorb pressure and defend but when they actually had to go out and score they got beat mm-hmm. and this is exactly what leicester are yeah they are a one trick pony mm-hmm. they rely on you know jamie wardy too much and unless their midfield shines the way they did against arsenal the which is you know uh, your uh, dennis pry and uh, the new signing uh, the castania castania mm-hmm. of course not castania the full back but the new signing in midfield uh, when he pulls the strings uh, you know who's there uh, the name skips slips my mind but uh, my point is that lester have been found out just as just as what they do to teams above them mm-hmm. teams below them do to them very interesting and speaking of teams who are who got found out aston villa losing again now how the hell did they destroy liverpool that day and they've basically gone on a downward spiral basically losing to everybody now west ham i mean credit to west ham west ham by the way brother 10 uh, 17 points from 10 games they find themselves fifth on the table quite possibly the best start for jo- uh, for uh, david moyes even in the season where he took over as united from your as a united manager Fifth. I mean, I've never seen West Ham this high. To be honest, I mean, I know it's early, even, but still, even I've not uh, seen West Ham play this well. But you know, again, these are guys who are on the way up. They've got a new stadium. They've gotten uh, you know a very lucrative deal to you know get a new stadium without having to pay through the nose for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've got a decent squad. If you look through the squad list, you know they've got a good mix of experience, creativity. they've got these new guys who are pulling the shots for nouns for example mm-hmm. you know it's interesting to see where west ham will finish i won't put them uh, you know past the europa league space mm-hmm. well again the var had a role to play in this game as well there was a last minute penalty which was sorry not a penalty last minute goal by ollie watkins which was ruled out offside apparently his arm was offside so again jack grealish went on record and said var is destroying uh, the game as we know it Well, that was a roundup for the for the last game week. Now let's talk about some very interesting uh, Champions League fixtures. I mean, we know a lot of teams have already qualified. Some big names like uh, Juventus and Barcelona are, are already in, but uh, there's still others who are uh, you know trying to make their mark in the Champions League. Some notable fixtures. I mean, it's pretty much a repeat of the first game week, which Liverpool versus Ajax, uh, Besiktas here versus versus Leipzig. That'll be interesting. Uh, Sevilla versus Chelsea. That's another game which is interesting. Uh, and again, the big one: United at versus PSG at Old Trafford. Now, United need a point or more to qualify. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Well, I would ask you because uh, you know I am uh, still to figure what United team turns up on what day. 
So as a fan, which United team do you think will show up on this match day? See, I think PSG are under pressure. They really need those points, so they will come out and play, and I think uh, that's where they'll get uh, found out. Because I think uh, they, this team does not backtrack. Their midfields are not as committed to you know win the ball back. They will lose those midfield battles against physical players like let's say Fred and Matic or McTominay, whoever plays. I hope Van der Beek plays because he's been exceptional for us. I mean, in in the game against Southampton, he was quite good. So I think PSG might get found out, and uh, if we can keep uh, the likes of Neymar and Mbappe at bay. United have a good chance of uh, qualifying. I don't want to jump the gun here, but do you think a certain Mr. Edinson Cavani should start and uh, knock his old club out of the competition? <laughs> well, poetic justice, but I don't know if he's going to play. He might be facing a three-game ban for what he said. Now, if that's just the uh, Premier League or if it's all competitions, we don't know. We don't know yet, but uh, obviously, officially nothing has been said. So fingers crossed on that one. I mean, it was harmless. Uh, it wasn't really harmless. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's it's out in the news. Make your own mind about that. Now let's do a quick uh, roundup of the next game week that's going to happen. Uh, it's yet another quick uh, early kickoff on Friday night with uh, Villa versus Newcastle, and uh, well, this could go either way. Uh, Man City playing Fulham, so you might want to stock up on some Man City players for your FPL. Uh, Phil Foden, for instance, is a very good acquisition. Riyad Mahrez has pretty much uh, started. Uh, every single game uh, for uh, for Man City, uh, West Ham uh, United are away at West Ham. Now this is going to be an interesting fixture because, well, we don't really know what West Ham can do. I mean, the days when they turn up, they can really uh, dismantle teams. On the other days, well, you don't know. Well, uh, we were talking about players wanting to prove a point. How about former managers? Hmm. Do you think David Moyes would be keen to show United what they're missing? Uh, currently, his team uh, sit above United in the table, and if I can tell you, so West Ham generally have it uh, bad against Arsenal, mm-hmm. but they're a very decent side, and you know I think Moyes has instilled some sort of spirit in them. Uh, unlike other teams, they don't struggle for creativity, and they actually have a decent centre. So I would say this is my pick for interesting games of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the other game, which is Chelsea playing Leeds United. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, again, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. We don't know what uh, what Leeds is going to show up. I mean, Leeds too have been rather unpredictable. I mean, those the days where their passes click and Bamford is up there doing his thing, they can really uh, you know uh, surprise you really. But again, the game of the game week, and this this is a point I made last uh, game week as well. There hasn't been one single game week till now where we haven't had a top six team play against top six teams. I mean, I don't know if we can call them top six top six teams anymore. But it's Spurs versus Arsenal, the London derby. How's your morale? Uh, yep. How's your morale for this? Not game? not looking forward to it <laughs> one bit. Uh huh. That bad, eh? Worse. Mm-hmm. If you figure Mourinho. Uh, you know, playing his strongest squad against a fragile Arsenal, lacking confidence, lacking goals in the middle. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Danny Sabayos is a downgrade on Mesedozil. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got a Ferrari parked in your garage and if the road is full of potholes and bumps, but you know that you're going to give away the Ferrari at the end of six months for free anyway, <laughs> you might as well enjoy it while you have it. Uh-huh. Why would you trundle along in a you know horse-drawn carriage? <laughs> at least, at least give the man a chance. You know, fine, whatever he is, you're paying him, mm-hmm. and you know this is the modern world. We don't go to war on sentimentality. Mm-hmm. We 
countries and organizations work to attain and you know get towards logical ends to you know painful sort of problems mm-hmm. i don't see why one little you know issue of a player who's probably good or not good enough doesn't matter at least he's on your books why can't you play him mm-hmm. play him give him a chance but no you had to cut him from your premier league team and now you're paying the price there's zero creativity in the center of the pitch and you're playing tottenham the league leaders i don't know what's going to come of this uh to be honest uh, this could go you know narrow defeat or a heavy defeat I don't see Arsenal getting any points from this. Well, remains to be seen. Now the last game on Sunday is Liverpool versus Wolves. Now can we expect another Wolves miracle? I don't know. I hope so, but let's see what happens. Wolves obviously without uh, Raul Jimenez now. Let's see how they adapt. Let's say maybe uh, Adama Traore gets uh, you know called up to strut his stuff and you know really take the baton from uh, Jimenez and really deliver the goods and stop being an impact sub and be a main uh, central striker maybe. Well, uh, a certain Cristiano Ronaldo is available at the end of the season I've heard and because Wolves have signed everybody from Portugal <laughs> wouldn't put it past them to try and sign no, no. Ronaldo as well but uh joke support they do need a striking reinforcement I I do think they have a guy called uh, Silva Mm-hmm. uh you know who came on in place of Jimenez i don't know if they have a an out and out second striker mm-hmm. but uh, they do have somebody on the bench now i don't know Jimenez is a big big mess Jimenez yeah. is a class striker he's been at it for the better part of 3 seasons and liverpool you know they showed us last week that even without you know half of their first team squad they have more than enough in the tank to beat uh, leicester mm-hmm. and uh I don't see Wolves giving them too much trouble. Yes, there'll be periods where Wolves will threaten, but I see Liverpool winning in a scoring uh, victory. Well, okay. Oh, and obviously the last game of the game week is Brighton versus Southampton. I mean, Southampton had a decent run. I mean, I don't. They're in a very good position. They're sixth. They are, even uh, they remains to be seen what happens there. All right, now let's uh, move attention back towards uh, the fantasy Premier League. How did your team do this game week? Well, uh, it was a week to forget for me, mm-hmm. and I see that you've uh, narrowed the gap between us quite a bit. Uh, I must say that uh, you know my swap out of Jimenez for uh, uh, who was it that I picked did not work out. Yeah, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. Call it the curse of the fantasy Premier League. Yeah, the guy who scores fifty points against you suddenly doesn't do anything when you pick him. So. I've had better weeks and uh, of course Dominic Calvert-Lewin is my big bugbear. I captained him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, hoping that he'll do something against Leeds, but no he didn't and in fact Leeds ended up being on the winning side. Uh Castagna was a risky bet and he didn't play. I'm glad that uh, I took my advice from a few weeks ago and uh, took Ben Chilwell because without him my points tally would have been abysmal. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the whole I'm not feeling too good about my team the way it's set up. I've got a few duds in there. I mean James Rodriguez much like Everton he his touch seems to have deserted him. and i've got uh, kyle walker peters who's not very consistent mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know the front trifecta of bamford kane and calvert lewin looks a tad weak to me yeah. so i don't know if i'm going to make wholesale changes to my team or maybe i'll sit another week out and then try and do two free transfers next week still to take a decision on that mm-hmm. but i'm not very uh, happy with the way this game week 
progressed. Well, I have the same front three as yours, uh, but again, there was a big disappointment. Kane, Calvert Lewin, and Bamford all two points. James Rodriguez two points. Mane was on the bench and he came on and didn't do much. I got a point for him. I had Podence on the bench who got nine points, which was a big mistake. Well, obviously, I didn't expect him to score against Arsenal. Uh, I got uh, good returns from my two midfielders, uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes and Diego Jota. And Jota was my captain, so he g- gave me the goods. And uh, I got good points from uh, Ben Chilwin and Stuart Dallas. Now, Stuart Dallas has been a very interesting uh, signing for me. The only change I've made this week is I've had uh, Dimitri Mitchell from... Tyrek Mitchell, sorry, for a very long time from uh, Crystal Palace. And he hasn't played in like... I mean, he's very cheap. He's 4.1. And uh, he hasn't played in like uh, four game weeks. Now, mind you... If you have a player who hasn't played for a very long time, chances are his price is going to drop. So your team value drops. So when you get rid of him, you get less money, right? So I did the proactive thing. I mean, he was 4.0. Now he's 4.1. I got rid of him and uh, I had to bring in reinforcements in terms of just a second. Masuaku <laughs> from uh, West Ham. And he's a, he's a attacking kind of a wing back. So I think he's uh, going to be a very interesting pick. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what my team has done uh, rather well. It's I mean, I've recovered from the f- initial shock of the first two game weeks. And uh, since then, I've had uh, a, a, a tally of 50 points or more. I've, I've, I mean, ever since it's been uh, it's been decent, to uh, say the least. Well, good for you, brother. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do to stay 30 points ahead of you. Mm-hmm. But uh, if things don't change drastically for me, I don't see myself hanging on to this lead for a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, like, next game week is going to be really tricky because you have Kane playing Austin, you have Bamford playing Chelsea, you have Stuart Dallas playing Chelsea, and uh, a whole bunch of tough fixes all around. I mean, who's, your, who's, your, who's, who's going to be your uh, pick for your captain? Well, I suppose I'll have to stick to uh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane against is Arsenal's Arsenal. nemesis. He has <laughs> scored uh, the most number of goals against Arsenal. Okay. And uh, you won't put it past him to score a brace or at least get an assist. Another mm-hmm. interesting pick could be Hyungmin Song. He's been a thorn in Arsenal's side for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all all being said, uh, Bruno Fernandez is not a bad pick either. Yeah. This is a guy who is uh, who wins a lot of penalties, and he's the designated penalty taker. And Man United seem to score a lot of penalties, so uh, and he can get in an assist or a goal, as you know you you uh, would have it. And uh, Bruno Fernandez is not a bad pick at West Ham again. Uh, so any of these players really for me. To a neutral, though, I would once again urge them to look at Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa playing at home, they will be looking to bounce back uh, from all these losses they're having. So, somebody like an Ollie Watkins, always a wild card. But, you know, wild cards apart, if you want to play it safe, you've got to pick a Man City player. They Mm -hmm. have thrashed Burnley and they're in the mood to thrash Fulham. And Fulham are pretty, pretty average, bang average. And if you look at somebody like Ferran Torres or Mares, in fact, uh, you can't go too wrong. Well, I'm torn between, uh, I mean, of course, like you mentioned, uh, Everton's form is uh, on the, you know, on a downward spiral, but they are playing Burnley and I mean, find their way. You might, uh, you might expect Calvert-Lewin to get a goal or two. So I'm torn between him and uh, Diogo Jota, who is turning out to be uh, quite a signing. I mean, they're they are playing uh, Wolves at home. So you'd expect a goal or two from him. But uh, again, it's a decision I haven't made yet. I mean, let's see what happens. But uh, that's pretty much it for the roundup. Now, 
brother, thank you so much for joining us. I think we pretty much uh, covered everything. Now it's going to be a very busy game week. We obviously have Champions League starting tonight in a few hours. And then we have United playing PSG tomorrow. And then you have the Europa League. And then it's uh, the other game week. Very interesting times to be alive and brother. And thank you so much for giving us your time and attention. And see you on the F1. See you on the next one. See you on the other side. Alrighty.